Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 143 of the podcast. It's the 26th of September, 2018, as I record this intro. And this week on the podcast, Natasha Alanzaki and I have a really fun conversation about her family's unschooling experience. We dive into their move to unschooling, the challenge of embracing fun, learning piano, her biggest aha moment so far on the journey, and lots more. As a personal update, this last week I've been deep into writing a new talk for the Childhood Redefined Online Unschooling Summit. I get so much joy from sinking creatively into my thoughts about unschooling and parenting and discovering what new connections and insights appear. I was actually telling Anna and Anna the other day that I am so in love with how it's finally come together. It actually amazes me how quickly I forget how much I love to get lost in the flow of thinking and writing about unschooling. And I'm excited to record it in the next few days. Anna and Anna have also created new content, and it will all be ready to go when we open up registration again, probably in October. Uh, Same as before, we'll open registration for two weeks, and then we close it so that we can focus on helping the new participants as they work their way through it all. One change, though, we've decided we're only going to open it twice a year, in the fall and the spring. So just a heads up on that. And as a community update, I want to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patrons Jennifer Gerhardt and Melissa Hayes. And thanks to Laura for increasing her pledge. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Natasha. Welcome, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Natasha Alanzaki. Hi Natasha. Hello. Hello. I connected with Natasha online a couple of years ago, at least now, time goes quickly, (laughs) and have really enjoyed reading her blog and seeing pictures of their unschooling lives in action. And right now she's actually doing a 365 Days of Gratitude project. And I really look forward to seeing her posts as they go through my feed. I love that. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Natasha. And to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Yes. Um, first, I want to say thank you so much for having me talk with you today. I'm so honored. Um, uh, we are a family of four. Um, uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And Tarek... Uh, uh, has a bar in Toronto that he travels to every week to work at and it's a show venue so 
got live bands and stuff there. So he's, uh, yeah, he goes, he goes back and forth a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then there's Lemon, who's sixth, and Ollie, who is two. And uh, we also have many animals in our life that round out the family. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they really are part of the family, aren't they? Oh, they are. They yeah. are. They, they bring a lot of joy. And uh, we're very fortunate. We moved here um, to eastern Ontario, uh, east of Kingston. We moved here three years ago from Toronto. We were right in the middle of the city. We needed to get out. Now we're on three acres of beautiful open land and now we're just surrounding ourselves with more and more animals and Tori's like okay okay that's that's good that's that's interesting because we too like um I think we've been unschooling for a year or two when we moved out of the suburbs of Toronto as well um just looking for more space to to be and yes the animals like we had our first dog a week after we got here because we had spent about a year looking for property and stuff um so we had lots of time to plan all that and to know what we were gonna do and we dove right in when we got here (laughs) us too us too yeah So what did your family's move to unschooling look like? How did you discover it and decide to go that route? Uh, Well, I think I first heard of unschooling when Lemon was probably about a year old. And at that time, I, I was, I didn't know it, but I was practicing attachment parenting. And and I heard that term. I said, Oh, that's me. And And that, that was really great uh, reassurance because there's so much um, pushback against that, that connection, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the support that I did have in my, in my life, uh, well-intentioned was, you know, put her down, don't hold her as much, don't breastfeed her to sleep, don't, 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 a fear of something that will happen in the future. Um, and when I, when I learned about <clears throat> attachment parenting, it was a sigh of relief it was like, okay, it, this is all good. I'm, I'm doing what's best. And, and then I learned about, um, unschooling and I had intended to homeschool. That was my intention. And I spoke to Tarek about that and, uh, it didn't make sense to put her in daycare. It didn't make sense to me to put her with other people. And then I would go off and do something else wanting to be with her so we, you know, skipped that stuff. We did try, um, what was it? A, uh, oh, Montessori, not a Montessori, but a, uh, what's the other one? Not Montessori. Waldorf? Anyway, Waldorf. That's it. We tried a Waldorf thing and it was once a week and, uh, we got to go with her and, uh-huh. and it was sweet and everything. And it was lovely but it was there was already that indication of the structure of you have to do this now you have to do that now and and we we were talking about maybe going on with that and then i realized it is just it's just another form of 
the same thing. It's, it's, you know, it's called something else, but it's the same structure. It's the same discipline. It's the same, uh, making them do stuff when they're not ready to do it or changing things when they're not ready to change. And so when I learned about unschooling, I, it just made total sense. And, uh, and it made sense to me based on my experience after school, the way that I, pursued my career after school and pursued my interest after school it was basically unschooling and I was learning all this stuff because I was interested in learning I needed to learn it to start my my acting career or my dog walking company I needed to learn all this stuff because I was interested and and it just I, I knew that that's what unschooling would be for them too so that it was just a no-brainer to continue on that path for them. Yeah, you know what? That's something that I really love. That we can understand the value of unschooling no matter from any of our experiences, right? You know, I did well in school, I did well at university, um, you know, got that degree. But with that understanding, I could see how how much of my learning was outside of the, of the institution, you know, when I actually started working and how, you know, the stuff I really enjoyed doing and the jobs I actually, um, followed, like wanted to take and applied for really had little to do with my actual degree. And I was, and it was like, Oh, but I want to do this. And I'd be learning like crazy, you know, for that kind of job. And yeah, I love that whether you had a bad school experience or a good school experience, either way, you can still uh, realize how people actually learn, right? And to see the value of that unschooling experience. It's, it's so fun to hear uh, other people's you know, perspective on how they got to that point. And the, the finding attachment parenting later and realizing, oh, there are people in the world who do this. Because, yeah, the, the feedback is, yeah. is quite negative. You know, you're, you're being a weak parent and, you know, you're spoiling them and all that kind of, you know. You mean, you can just feel the looks. Yes, and it's all about what, what might happen later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a distorted idea that if you give them too much now, they won't be independent later. It's like, well she's six months old now and she needs her mom now. So I'm going to be her mom fully now and, and then continue to do that. And then just, you know, when she, when I know that she needs me a little bit less and she's not, you know, she doesn't need me to hold her all the time, then yes, she can go off and do her own thing for a few minutes or an hour, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But to be told uh, as parents, you know, you can't, you can't do that because she, she'll never learn how to sleep on her own. It's like, well, you're not thinking this through. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Right. I, I it was it ended up being, you know, no, I'm really focused on the moment. That's that was what really the decision is, right? I'm not gonna worry about those fears. This is what feels really right in this moment for both of us. And and just innately understanding that they're an individual, you know what I mean? Which ties into your, you know, the uncomfortableness you felt with more structure going on, because even if the activities are more enjoyable, more child focused, when you start putting that structure, you're losing the individuality of that child, aren't you? 
Yeah. And, and you could see that some, some kids responded a little bit better to it. And then some mm-hmm. kids, the complete opposite. Um, but it was, how it was well very it interesting. Meshes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Did I interrupt you there? <laughs> Speaking of wonderful, wonderful children, I love hearing what unschooling kids are getting up to. Um, so I was hoping you'd share maybe a little bit about what your kids are interested in right now and how you're helping them explore it. Well, uh, right now, a lemon is full on into dance, uh, music, piano, mm-hmm. um, storytelling, oh. big time storytelling. She loves, uh, she's got a huge assortment of Littlest Pet Shops. It's been her thing for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And she will create stories. And But what's really cool is that she'll watch YouTube videos of other kids doing stories. And then she'll do her interpretation of that story. And, and it's really neat. And she'll set up this huge display and, and backdrop. And so, yes, storytelling and... Um, She's uh, very interested in anything, really a lot of creative stuff, not, not so much, um, yeah, just, just lots of dancing and music and playing and stories and, and Ollie's into trucks and tractors and planes and dinosaurs and all that fun stuff. And um, what, I've, what I've noticed with uh, helping them explore things is that primarily for lemon she she needs my help still to to find things like youtube videos of you know piano um interpretation of songs that she wants to find i'll sit with her for hours and we'll go through different videos and we'll find and it's kind of like going into this rabbit hole of you know she wants to find this thing but then we end up going in a totally new direction then she discovers something new that she loves and then that gets incorporated into it as well so um, there's lots of dancing that's happening in the house as a family. There's oh. lots of watching uh, Lord of the Dance and River Dance because that's where she's at right now. So we uh-huh. watch a lot of that and we reenact it a lot. <laughs> and, and Oliver is, is Michael Flatley. And Kevin's oh. <laughs> doing a, a dance where she's, you know, she watches it over and over and she's picked up all the choreography and we'll put the song on and she'll do it. She'll do the whole dance. And then Ollie, who is two and is usually naked, will come in and do the Michael Flatley part. And so <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. But uh, it's pretty much, you know, just us as a family exploring the, the music and, and the dance and all that. And Tark is such, he's a musician as well. So he plays with them and with Lemon and he'll learn parts of a song and she'll learn parts of the song and then they'll sit and they'll play together. And so it's, it's that kind of atmosphere. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And though the, the piece that stood out for me too, like when you mentioned following the, the rabbit holes, <laughs> right. Yeah. As you're diving into things, I think that is, that's a really um, valuable piece. I think that kind of is part of de-schooling in that when um, our kids are interested in something, like when they start, it can be so easy 
to get fixated on that, right? And to keep trying to pull their attention. Oh, because, you know, they, they need to pay attention and, and follow through. Follow through is like a big thing, right? Um, and I think at first it can be really hard to like just skip over here and skip over here and skip over here because it, well, what are we accomplishing if we're going all over the place? But oh, yeah. it's amazing in there, isn't it? All the funky places and the connections that you couldn't have imagined when you guys first pulled up that first video, right? Isn't that cool? My goodness. Well, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's incredible because you don't, you know, just yesterday we were watching, um, I saw something come up on my feed of a woman in, I think it's uh, Sweden, where she does this call to cows that are out in the fields and out in the mountains. Yeah. And she's, them. I think it's called culning and she sings to them and it's this this old tradition of singing to the the cattle to bring them home at the end of the day because they're up on the mountains and they sing this beautiful song and it's haunting and and the cows come home and I showed it to Lemon and she was taken by this and then we ended up finding this woman's the woman who was singing we found her vlog and then Lemon ended up watching this vlog of this woman this beautiful young lady in Sweden who's an artist and she just got drawn into this woman's world. And who knows what, what comes of that too, right? Like, yeah. who knows? Maybe, <laughs> she'll Maybe she'll start to paint. Well, she is painting a lot lately, but you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. you, never, you never know. That's why I, I found it's so, it was so valid. Like back when my kids were younger, when we began unschooling, you know, there, there wasn't social media. But that was what we did um, in the unschooling email lists, right? Families would share, like parent moms would share the funky thing they came across. Like there was still the internet, <laughs> you know, so we'd be sharing like websites or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and so it was so valuable for me to also be looking out into the world and finding those little things that, oh, you know, I think child A would, would find that really interesting. And, and having that, not, not trying to take them away from what they're doing and refocus them on something else, but having all these other possibilities that can just kind of connect into the moment. It's like, oh, hey, or, or if there's a lull, you've got a few new things that you yeah. can bring in. So being connected um, to the world, basically, and just picking up little things here and there, you know, some things will pass us right by because they're not interesting to us and we don't think our kids would be interested in them. But finding yeah. all those little pieces is so, it's so fun, right? It's fun for us to do it and it's fun to have it to share. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, here we go. That, that leads us so nicely to the next question, doesn't it? As I look down at my sheet. <laughs> because uh, I think one of the uh, de-schooling challenges that many of, what an accent, challenges that many of us faced is the shift to embracing fun, right? And not just for the kids, for us too. Because for so long we've observed that message that adults are serious and adult things need to be serious and fun is really just for kids. But that's a really important shift, isn't it? That shift to fun. So I was hoping you could share your experience around that. Well, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, 
I found myself uh, very serious in the last few years. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that it was in part by some very heavy emotional stuff that happened around the time that Lemon was born. Mm-hmm. My mother passed away and it was, it was very, and my father a couple of years later passed away. And there was a lot of stuff that was happening around all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was heavy. And I became very serious. But I think at some point there was a shift where I realized I need to find my humor again because I used to be really fun and funny and I used to have fun. So I think that it was a conscious reminder mm-hmm. of, you know, there's something missing in, in the way that I'm approaching things. And, and I remember helping Lemon, I think she was four, uh, play with some Lego sets. And uh, I was, she was into Lego friends at the time and I was getting all these Lego friends sets and we would sit down, we would build them and, and I would sit down with the instructions and okay, let's do this. And she'd whip out all the bags and I started to get like a panic attack. Like, I've won. <laughs> I've had that bag. same Lego panic attack. <laughs> right? Just the first bag. And she'd want to open them all and she'd want to dump them all out. And I'm like, but how are you going to find the pieces for bag nine? And, and then I realized at some point through our building, you know, we would build something then she would want to play with it. And it wasn't a complete set yet. And I was like, but we have to complete the set. Um, and then I realized she's just having fun. Like, just have fun. Mm-hmm. Just play. And it was a it was a good click where it was you know the serious of it all and and having to do this the way it's set out is not as important as just having fun and and I think that that was a big shift and and also my thinking as as the adult when I would speak to my kids if I was or even speaking to Tarek if I was expressing myself and and it was a humorous thing or maybe it was just like a light thing, but I was taking myself very seriously and I wanted to be heard and I wanted to be respected and I, I dig my heels in. And then at some point I thought, if I don't laugh at myself, if I don't laugh at this and just let it all go, it's just going to be a life of wanting to be taken seriously and wanting to be right rather than being kind and being fun. And I think I want to go that direction now because I don't like the feeling I get when I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm yeah. supposed to be the one in control, you know, and, and, and all that, that, that stuff. So I think that there's, there's been little shifts in the road along the way that have kind of helped me get over to the side of more fun. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that I continue to work on, on that where it's, you know, I, I have to look at the situation and say, is this, is this really that serious? Is this really that important now? You know, in this moment, what's more important? Enjoying my kids or, you know, whatever else is on, on, the, on the menu. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think the focus is always coming back to the moment, looking at them and connecting with them and saying, this is just have fun, just dance, dance, sing. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I think that that's like, at some point that's, I guess it's the schooling system that, you know, we grew up in. And I guess it's the system that we, we were used to, but it's, 
it, that playfulness and, and being vulnerable and being playful and being vulnerable and in, in, in maybe making a mistake, that's, that's coming back. That's being like, okay, let's just let it all hang out. Let's just have fun. It's amazing how being playful feels so vulnerable, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's almost like a weakness. People see it as a weakness. Like yeah. you're not an adult if you're not serious and sitting over with the adults and talking about serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, I think it was um, something that Sandra Dodd had written about, um, about, you know, bringing more joy into your life. And, and it was, I think she was talking about politics and and uh, and at that time, I was reading a lot of politics, and I was reading, you know, the heavy subjects. Mm-hmm. And it would come into my world with my kids, and the sadness or the fear or whatever was coming from, you know, all the the stuff I was reading about that was happening in the world. It would filter in my life with my kids, and I and I remember consciously saying, you know what, for now, I'm just going to let all that stuff go to the side so that I can just be playful and joyful because if I hold on to all that heavy stuff that I really have no control over right now, mm-hmm. I'm not doing my kids any favor by holding that in my heart. I need to have a free open heart. And I think that we need more of that, you know, in general, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and that was a conscious choice too. Yeah. That's sure. part of, you mentioned that earlier too, the, the parent that you want to be. Right. Yeah. And, and seeing what's getting in the way for ourselves of us being the kind of parent that we want to be in the moment, you know, yeah. so it's great recognizing all those little pieces and clearing them out that gives you the better chance to make that choice in each moment. Right. Yeah. And not holding on to the old idea or the old story of who we were before we had kids. Yeah. It, that identity it, it shifts with becoming a parent and and where how can I get closer what what choices can I make that bring me closer to being that joyful parent that I want to be yeah yeah and that was something I found too um, I I really learned how to do it again or the value of it by watching my kids yeah right seeing them in action seeing them um, you know, so joyful and having fun and and seeing you know all the learning that was wrapped up in there all the the that there wasn't anything wrong with it you know that having fun wasn't childish it was yeah. it was being human right yes yes yeah yeah that was yes yes <laughs> all the yeses it's so true right and it's and you know i get it you know we have bills we have mortgages, we have things to fix, you know, we, we have, you know, all this heavy stuff, but it doesn't mean that we need to lose out on the chance to be kids with our kids, like being kids again, mm-hmm. you know, finding that joy in being kids again with our children and playing. It's just, it's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. And, and it's so true. It's not about ignoring those other things to have fun. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and, these yes. things and, you know, yes. I can have fun in this moment because like you said, worrying about this in this moment is it, I have no control over it. This is not a moment where I can do something to change that. Yes. Um, and I can sit here and worry about it and lose this moment or That's I right. can do this and right. Do this as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, I saw a video that you posted uh, on your 
Facebook page about a month ago. Um, And it was about your daughter figuring out how to play a song she loves on the piano. You mentioned that earlier, figuring out songs that she's interested in learning, right? Um, So I thought it would be cool to hear the story of how her piano journey has kind of unfolded so far. Well, that's, that was a rabbit hole too. That was a really cool one. Yeah. And uh, he, she, um, she did express interest in learning piano uh, and she's always tinkered because Tark plays the piano. So mm-hmm. she would always sit next to him and tinker and play. And, but last uh, year, um, well, probably the spring of this year, she said, I want to learn. And so we, we looked around. We did, we did look last year for a teacher in the, uh, it was an odd experience because we went to meet this teacher and she um, clearly had her structure of how she taught and there were the stickers and if you're a good girl and and Lemon, Lemon's whole demeanor in this one meeting changed. Mm-hmm. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. And, and I could tell how uncomfortable she was mm-hmm. and how much she wanted to please this person. Uh, and I didn't, you know, I, I thought, how, how is she going to learn, uh, in, in this environment? If this is, you know, she's so, she's not herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, if she would have become more comfortable with this person, but she didn't want to go back. So we didn't, we didn't tell her to go back. And so this year we yeah. went and we found somebody she was comfortable with and she did go for probably six or, or so classes and the teacher loved her and raved about her and said, you know, all these wonderful things about her and how she's, you know, so talented and somebody her age is so, you know, she's got it, her, her posture and saying all these wonderful things, but Lemon again, didn't want to be there. And you could tell that she was like, ah, oh, you know, yes, yeah. I've, I've got yeah. this scale. I've got it, you know? And um, so we again said, if you don't want to, if you don't want to go back, that's fine. We'll, we'll just take a step back. That's fine. So we have all these books from her class on the, on the piano night. And, and I was curious, is she going to go back to piano or is that it? Did we, is it ruined? Um, so she didn't, she didn't actually touch the piano for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she was dancing more and more and doing gymnastics and doing physical stuff. And, and she's always been a dancer. So um, we, uh, it's so funny. We, we love the show spirit and we, all, Lemon and Ollie and I love watching it together. And then I found out that Spirit is in a, in a horse game um, called Star Stable. So I found that for Lemon. And she and I started playing that together. And we were having a blast. And one of the parts of that game has a Celtic song that plays in it when you enter that area. Mm-hmm. And she loved the song. And one day I thought, well, maybe she's going to love Lord of the Dance because she's a dancer and she loves Celtic music and so I showed her Lord of the Dance and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Since then we've watched it probably two hundred times. <laughs> river Dance, making of River Dance. How did River Dance come? You know all this stuff. <laughs> Documentaries of the behind the scenes and so um, that's when she started to pull out songs from Lord of the Dance and wanting to learn them on piano and she'd already been going back to it. But she, um, she wanted to learn music from the game. So we contacted the game makers for music from them. And, um, but she will sit there and we'll watch uh, YouTube videos of people who have 
done their own interpretations of, of Lord of the Dance music. She'll want to see the piano versions, guitar versions, whatever, whatever's on there, she'll watch it. And she just started picking up parts of the music and she'll go to the piano in the middle of playing LPS or painting or whatever, and she'll play and she'll figure out a piece and then she'll leave it. And then she'll come back the next day and she'll play more and, or the, that night she'll play more. And so she's, she bounces back and forth, but she's picking it up so quickly and almost effortlessly like it's and Tark will sit with her and, and figure out a bit and she'll figure out a bit. And um, so it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not separate from anything. It's all connected. And it's amazing because it's not separate. Like, Oh, I've got to go do piano practice now. Mm -hmm. or I've got to go do this now. It's, it's playing the game, playing Minecraft and jumping on the piano. And, and, and so it's, it's all interwoven and, and it's not slowing down. Like she's, she's dedicated to it and she'll sit there at the piano and she has the TV above her and she'll find a YouTube video and she'll watch it and she studies it and she t takes it all in and then it's just incredible to watch. So, Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's beautiful. I, I love the way it's so interconnected with everything because that's something we learn, right? All the different things are like silos of learning. You know, we we read stories, we play music, we, you know, we write things. They're all we're just so used to them being divided and separate. And when we watch our kids in action, we get to see how connected all these pieces really are. And I think that is in so much where our creativity lies too, right? In just seeing and making those connections intuitively between all the different yeah. aspects, right? They're, they're all just one. <laughs> but yeah I know that sounds so like such a platitude or something but you know when you yeah. see it in action you can just see them seamlessly running from one thing to the next to the next and in their mind there is a connection that they're following between them sometimes yeah. it's more obvious and sometimes it's not but once you've seen it a few times you trust you know that it's there and it, yes. it, it'll just be fun someday to realize what that thread was, right? Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it's, it's a lot of fun because, you know, it's, um, I think that, again, there's, there's fear in not forcing, you know, um, you, you need to sit down and you need to do this lesson and you need to accomplish this before you go on to that. Yeah. Um, now when I'm watching her, she'll... You know, she, she learned how to sit at the piano proper in her hands and she learned all that, but she plays standing up. Um, and every once in a while, she'll be kneeling on, on the piano bench. But uh, I still say to myself, well, is this okay? Is it okay that she's just standing? And then I remind myself, it's all good. You know, it's all good. It's not a problem. And and these fears creep in every once in a while, you know, and, and I, I don't know if that's ever going to go away, but um, I think just trusting that whatever's happening for her, it's happening so quickly for her because it's when she wants it. And I think if she were in school, 
how how would she be learning piano if she wouldn't be able to just jump up and play whenever she wanted, you know, or, or play it with her LPSs or, you know, or jump off of her computer and, and play it or, or jump in and swing on the swing in the living room and then come back and play it, you know, like it's, it's, it's just this flow through the day. And it's when she wants, you know, to explore it. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's so amazing just to watch their, Watch them in action. Watch their focus. See where where it just organically flows from one thing to the next to the next. I could watch yeah. it for forever. <laughs> so, what has been your biggest aha moment so far on your unschooling journey? What do you think? Wow, there's so many. <laughs> uh, I think um, I think the most. Uh, recent has been to just get out of the way yeah and also to know that it's all about me and it's not about me at all you know like yes (laughs) (laughs) that's so hard because you know all the work all the de-schooling is mine yeah you know it's thank you know it's all mine and and it's all Tarek's and it's all and and for them it's just it's just life but for me, it's it's chipping away um, and being patient with myself when, while I chip away um, and then just getting out of their way and getting out of um, their way of learning, not just what they're interested in, because I trust I trust that part of unschooling so much because I, I experienced it for myself, like I was saying earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I know it. I know that's how we learning happens. I get it. I, I'm okay with that part, um, but it's the parenting, the the stuff that's the residue that is from like generations past that I need to get rid of so that I can get out of their way for them, respecting that their journey is their journey, their path is their path, yeah. and just being like a guidepost, like a lantern holder, whatever, mm-hmm. instead of being like, chopping down the trees for them and saying, okay, this is where it's safe to go now, you know? <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> I have a tendency to be like clearing out all the stuff. Where is it? Okay, it's safer here, you know? And that's not fair because that's not life. Mm-hmm. That's not their, you know, that's my, my wanting for their life. And that's a tough one for me. It's like, it's okay. It's, you know, you can be there to support without actually conducting, like, da, 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 you know, like... And you can be stepping beside them, helping them chop down the trees or, or chopping down the trees that they would like to get rid of without being out in front of them. Yes. Deciding which tree to chop down. Not chopping out and clearing it without them, but walking together and doing it together. I love that. Maybe they just like to climb the tree and not even chop it down at all. You know? Like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. They don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I know sometimes those walks take a long time, don't they? Because they want to look at the flowers and the little animals and climb the trees. And and geez, we only went three feet in 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's part of the fun, though. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was something I really found in my first year. In our first year, yeah, we would um, <clears throat> go to a nearby park 
and um, and just I would just let them be. As in, you know, we wouldn't have, well, we're here for an hour and we need to go to the to the playground and spend some time. We need to, so getting rid of my agenda for what happened and then just watching them in action was a, was a huge and useful piece for me to be able to release my need to be a little bit out in front. Yeah. Right? Because I think that is. And, and so much pressure to be like that parent who structures and says, okay, now guys, packing up, we got to go to the next activity. Um, and the next activity is where they're at. I remember we used to live uh, uh, next to the Humber Trail in Toronto and we used to walk down there all the time. And um, there were a couple times where Lemon, you know, she was two or whatever, and she would just lay down on the trail where there's bikes and people walking. And she'd just lay down and look up at the, the clouds. And I remember standing there watching her thinking, this is perfect. This is where she wants to be. She's somewhere yeah. looking up clouds, birds, sun, whatever. And I could easily go over and be like, we've we got to go. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> we've got something to do somewhere else. And, yeah. you know, well, if you're not going to walk, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're walking here. but it was a that was another click it's like okay well if the only thing we do today is her coming out here looking up at the the clouds we're okay Mm -hmm. we're okay the world is not gonna end you know yeah that's that's a big piece of it too is is dropping our expectations around that and it's not it's not about just ignoring all those thoughts you know saying okay, you know, I'm supposed to let them do whatever they want, you know? Because at first you think, well, these are, these are what unschooling parents do as you're trying to understand it. And, and I think often we can get stuck in just trying to, to follow those kinds of, quote, rules. I have to do that. <laughs> um, and just thinking, okay, I'm supposed to be okay with that. And, and just kind of trying to stuff down any uncomfortableness. No, it's, it's about actually processing through the feelings that we're having and coming, you know, so that we can understand why that's valuable for them, right? Because yes. once you understand that, your understanding of unschooling and how it works grows. And, and I think that's, that's a, the other big piece is, you know, saying yes and letting them do things. But the really important part is engaging with them through mm. it, right? When you understand why this is valuable for them and why it's value, valuable to be in connection with them and be engaging with them and doing, doing that yes with them. Yeah rather than just standing back hands off and waiting, you know, kind of for it to be done. Right. Yes. And I think that that's a big, that's a big learn. I'm, I think that's something that comes up a lot um, for those of us starting out. It's, it's a huge thing because we hear that all the time. Say yes, more, say yes, more. Yeah. And then you can easily go into that direction of saying yes, more without doing the work of why. Yeah. And, 
And, and sometimes it's, it's okay to say, you know what, we can't do that right now for whatever reason, but why don't we figure out to do that next time or whatever the case may be. But, you know, like this blanket statement, yes, without engaging is not, is not any more helpful than saying yeah. just blanket no. Because yeah. it really is context for, for every choice, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. I was hoping that you could share the story behind your choice to name your blog Follow the Joy because, you know, I love that. <laughs> but I was uh, hoping you could explain, you know, what that phrase means to you and why you chose to use it. Well, I, uh, I remember, and, and this goes back to the last uh, six years of processing loss and processing, you know, grief and, and having all these really heavy shifts. And um, I remember thinking about, okay, well, what's the goal here? What's, what's the goal of, of our family? What's the goal of unschooling? What's, what, what's the point of it all? And I remember thinking about, okay, peaceful home. I want a peaceful home. Okay. Um, but happy home, yes, but happy is not uh, always, you know, attainable. There, there are going to be not very peaceful moments. And, and, uh, and so what can I, what can I look for? And, and I remember joy just, you know, joy is spoken a lot of in, in uns the unschooling world. And so this word just kept popping up and popping up. And, and, I, and I thought, well, that's, that's the key. That's the key. And, and I remember uh, just thinking of this word over and over again, thinking, well, if that's my goal, um, how am I going to do that? And, and so it goes back to like shedding all this stuff that doesn't bring me closer to that. Yeah. I remember sitting on the floor with Lemon and uh, Tarek and Ollie, and Ollie was probably well, he was quite young at the time and he was just sitting up and we were building stuff with blocks and magnet tiles and whatever. And he, as soon as Lemon would finish building something, he would just smash it down. And so I said to Lemon, is it okay? You know, is this okay? We're building, you know, we can always build it again. And yeah, no problem. And then, you know, the conversation came up. Well, if we let him smash this down, he's never going to stop smashing stuff down. And, and so, you know, I yeah. we talked about that. It's like, well, it's, it's okay to just let him in, enjoy smashing it down now. Like he's, he's just experiencing something and it's not a big deal. And Lemon's okay with it. So I was having dinner with a friend and I was explaining this, this, um, um, the situation. And, and then I was like the joy he was experiencing from just, banging down these blocks and then crashing. He had so much joy. And my friend Lisa said he was following the joy, he followed the joy. And I was like, that's, that's it. You follow the joy. That's the key. Follow it. And that's where it all began. And I thought that's the name of the blog because that's, you know, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be peaceful. It's not always going to be perfect at all. We're going to make mistakes all the time. Um, but we're going to follow the joy. So that's, that's the star to, to follow. 
I love that. Yeah. And and I have that image of you with the lantern that you were talking about, you know, just kind of looking out for that. It it, yeah. it is something valuable to consider when, when you're making choices, right? When you're looking at the context, the, everything around you, you know, can fully considering um, which step in what direction will bring more joy will bring us some joy, you know, in wherever you are in that moment. Yeah. And, and to pick me that next step. That's really yeah. cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Natasha. It was so fun to finally get to chat in real life. <laughs> and before we go, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Um, well, my blog, Follow the Joy, uh, I haven't written in a while, but um, I will be posting soon uh, on Facebook. I also have a Facebook page, Follow the Joy, and Natasha Allen Zaki on Facebook. All and, right. Uh, yeah, that's probably the best. The best. <laughs> all right. I will definitely uh, share links to all that stuff in the show notes. And thanks again so much. It was so much Thank fun. You. Yay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the first book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life. In it, I share the five paradigm-changing ideas that most help me better understand unschooling. Reviewers have said... A quick read, but packed with ideas that challenge the dominant paradigm of our failing approach to learning, this little gem makes an excellent argument for unschooling. And, I was rather doubtful about this book, as I had never heard of the author, but after reading it, I wish that I had read it years ago. I hope you find it helpful too. Free to Learn has also been translated into French and Spanish. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.